In today's show, we're going to be talking about what Porsche would you buy if money was no object? Welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. Hello, Ajmal. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, well, well. What's going on in uh, sunny UK today? Anything exciting? I feel like you threw me under the bus straight away after I just told you I haven't done my homework. <laughs> <laughs> but but on this time, it's not. It's not. We're going to give like an excuse. Crying. Yeah. Does it involve I, a dog? Because I have to. No. Okay. No. Because um, you have to, you can't just do it off the configurator. So if I wanted to buy a, a Volkswagen, sure, I'd just go on the Volkswagen configurator and it would tell me, you know, you'd spec it up and it'd tell you how much it is, uh, over what period you want to pay it off, what the balloon payment's going to be, uh, and then what value they place on the car. Because they give you a value up front of it will be in four years uh-huh. that you either make that balloon payment or you make that, you you kind of put the car whatever you've paid off against another car. Got it. Um, and it's and it's you know it's where they made. Do you remember years ago before actually before my time? But you know when you used to go buy a car and it all used to be about um, cash is king kind of thing. Sure. You'd go, well, I'm, I'm paying cash, and they'd go, well, I'll give you a discount. But now they're making money from finance, so you only get a good deal if you go and pay on finance. Sure. Um, but on the Porsche configurator. Unless I'm just reading it completely wrong, I can get a price. So the poverty pack Carrera is £89,800. Wowza. So that's half the price. That's the, yeah, so that's the poverty pack. That's including VAT. Yes. Um, and but I can't get the numbers for uh, finance. I have, to, I have to contact Porsche, so I'm going to do that in the next couple of days. For the sake of the exercise... The fact the car's half the money, do you think it'll end up being half the repayments? Uh, it depends because the interest rate you, you had was quite high, wasn't it? It was 6.8 or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 6.9, I think it was. Saying that, saying that, I suspect it will be that or if not more over here as well now because sure. Volkswagen quoted me something like, you know, the Bank of England rate was something like 0.5% when we bought our car our Volkswagen five years ago. Yeah. Like uh, nearly six was, years yeah. ago. And yeah. And, but the Volkswagen finance interest rate was 4.8. That's pretty reasonable. That's is it though? That, that's, that's well, compared to what the market is right now. I don't know. This is, no, I mean, looking, I mean, this was, I've been looking at interest rates everywhere no, this, at the moment because I've got other financial things I'm trying to manage at home, you know, but this was, this was in 2017. So you know it was four point eight percent in in two thousand seventeen. When the no, because today it's probably going to be more like what you, what you're getting quoted in you know in the sixes because the Bank of England rates you know above it's like three and a half or four percent or something. And um, so back then, because you could get a bank loan for a lot less, yes. so you know a two percent, for example. Yep. So and and also the the way these you know payment car plan or whatever it's called, PCP they call them, the way, it, which also always reminds me of Trading Places, the movie. Remember that? Remember what a that great movie? film, hey? PCP Angel Dust. <laughs> it's a great film. Then, so if it, with that plan, you get 
So if you just go, I'm just going to pay it off. I'm going to pay off the whole amount. There's a, a, a like a penalty payment. Yeah, because um, they're not going to stop making interest out of you. That's why. Yeah, but the penalty, the the pay penalty or admin fee that you have to pay is ten pounds. What? So, so we we buy the car because we get you know I think it's three and a half or something thousand pounds off because we bought it on finance and yeah. I haggled on a couple of the items. Yeah. So we get that amount off, then we get more money off because they've built us a DSG instead of a, an automatic instead of a manual, which was a sixteen hundred pound option, which I didn't I refused to pay. For the DSG, because you, you think more. more? Washington, yeah, it's, it's like thirteen or sixteen hundred. Yeah, thirteen or sixteen hundred pounds more for the DSG. And, um, be, yeah. Okay. So because because I didn't want that and I didn't spec it, they just built it like that. Uh, so I said, well, either cancel the order because it's not what I've ordered, or give it, give me the car as it is without yep. me paying extra. So you know, it's like four over four grand off. That's a quite um, an oversight and by, because, the, um, by, the, by the whoever took the order. Oh, yeah, massively, because then they went and pulled the form out thinking they're going to catch me out on this, and the form quite clearly said manual. Wow, that's not a um, sort of mistake Volkswagen makes as a company as a general rule. Oh, God, yeah, exactly. And, and obviously the last thing the guy wanted was for me to cancel the order and either put in a new order or walk away because we spec'd it really high, so he would have been stuck with that car. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone else coming in would always go, well, actually, I didn't spec that car. Um, but then when we got that um, deal, which I thought was pretty decent, we walked away, made one payment, and then just went to a bank and took out a loan at 2%, sure. paid it all off immediately, and, and we deal. were so much better off. Yeah, pay, yeah, exactly. And it was... Um, and we were so much better off because instead of, I don't know, four hundred pounds a month for four years and then handing the car back, yes, we paid paid some like five hundred pounds a month for five years and kept the car because you yeah. paid a lot off. Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So I need to go. I need to go to the dealership to work out what the what that amount is going to be. Um, a month the energy what. you put into that outcome would not yep. be typical of the average car purchaser. Otherwise, the whole finance system would fail, wouldn't it? With the way they make their money, um, but you've clearly that only works. No, would you know? Do you know how what my due diligence was? Um, I sat next to a guy at work who just bought a brand new BMW. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, he, and he bought an M4, and he said to me, "This is what I've just done." You cut and paste it, and I went. Oh, great idea! And it was—it was literally because back then finance was easy, easy to get. Sure. So you just go online and go, "Oh, I want this much, and I want it at this rate." It's in your bank in you know in a couple of hours, and then you just pay it off. It's all online. You're sat on your sofa, and before you know it, you're paying a little bit more a month, but you're going to own the car in five years instead of handing it back in four. Yep. Um, so it's worth—it's worth considering. If you're not going to hand the car back, and then you, if you don't just go and get a new car every four years, and mm-hmm. with electric cars, I guess we shouldn't be doing that. But you know, I, I don't know if anybody cares about that. I'm going to tell you something very surprising that I discovered this last week, and that is, mm-hmm. I'm coming up to 12 months of ownership in my GT4. Already, no. <laughs> the reason I know this is because I've already been tapped on the shoulder by one, the insurance company, as a reminder that my policy is about to come up. And two, Porsche warranty extension. 
Oh, was it only one year that you got? Yeah, because it's a. Um, that's all they add on to it when you buy a Porsche-approved car here in Australia. Because mine was it's a used car I bought, if you recall. It's a 2016 model. Yeah. So it's been out of warranty its whole life, you know, because the original owner extended the warranty and then it was extended again um, to be sold as a used car from Porsche Centre here. I don't know if it's a global policy, but that's the, that's the gig here in Australia. And the um, the so I got the notification in the post last week. Excuse me, everyone. I'm just yawning because it is quarter past four in the morning. And the, um, and the uh, I had a text message and a phone call from the Porsche Centre asking. So they obviously, it must be quite a lucrative little uh, earner for the yeah. dealership or the Porsche Cars Australia for those warranty extensions. Are you going to go for it? How much, I hear you ask? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so for Tell one year... It's $1,790. Hey. For two years. Well, if you went. It's 2900 yeah, and something. So it's quite a saving to go two years, you know. About a $500 saving if I do two years at once. Yeah. So what's that? Something like. Uh, like $130 or something a month for the two-year one. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. And what does it, what does it cover? Does it, it doesn't cover anything other than something going wrong, right? Look, it basically covers everything but consumables. For example, right. it doesn't cover spark plugs. Yeah. It doesn't cover tyres or brake pads. It covers yeah. the systems... So if the braking system fails, obviously it'll, it'll, be, it'll have to be replaced. Powertrain, gearbox, yep. suspension components that are not wearing, you know what I mean? So mm. overall, it's uh, it's probably cheap peace of mind yeah. for, for an asset yeah, it is. value, you know? Yeah, because, you, because that car is going to, it, it doesn't matter how long you now have it. If it's looked after, if you carry on looking after it the way you are looking after it, it will have a resale value and it's an asset. Yeah, look, for uh, sure. Whereas, look, you know, today it's worth more um, if I went and traded on a new Carrera than had I than mm. um, than when I bought it. Market's still mad, isn't it? It's still oh, it's mad. Just, it's Although a, it's a GT car, so they all go pretty well as a general rule. Yeah, but in um, in Australia, am I hearing right that there's a lot of cars that are kind of doing the rounds but not really selling? Really expensive, obviously low low kilometres yeah, cars. There's a lot of cars that are – there's an interesting dynamic that happened, and it wasn't just in Australia. It was a global thing where – I'm sure it happened on Auto Trader because that's your platform over there, isn't Auto Trader that PJ's old man started? Was that the right name of that company? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's the one, yeah, yeah, or trailer, yeah. Yep, that you can post your own cars on. So you you go on you go on and think, oh, I want to get rid of my 911 or your GT4. You go yeah. on, you see, you look at the comparable cars and thinking, oh, that's a bit better than I thought. I might, if they're getting that much, if they're asking that much for that, I'm going to ask a bit more for mine. And then this spiraled out of control. Yeah. 
Someone wants another five thousand pounds. Someone wants another ten thousand pounds. Someone wants another fifteen thousand pounds. Oh look, I've got PCCBs. That's a ten thousand pound option. I'm gonna I'm gonna add ten thousand pounds to my asking price now because you can't buy a car. So this during the pandemic went ballistic. However, cars weren't selling here in Australia. We have a, yeah. we have a similar platform called Car Sales here. It's but same sort of thing where it's you know. Um, Anyone can list their cars. There's no, not really any policing of it or anything like that. So the result, it's resulted in a lot of cars sitting on the platform for a long time because they're just asking too much money. And I thought it was from dealerships as well because the dealerships, obviously, they, they warranty the cars. They, the dealerships um, do advertise they've done their 100 Because I'm sure they do an auto trader as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And the they are probably in a they tend their cars tend to be more realistically priced. Oh, look! So you thought the environment. My car didn't get to it. Oh, did it? Was it on car sales? It might be on car sales. But it was like the second my car bought from a Porsche Center with a warranty. I think it was the second cheapest came in Australia. Yeah, GD4. What? Yeah. So they, they, they're priced to sell their cars, the dealers. They're not interested in collecting them. Yeah, they need to turn them over, don't of they? Of course they do. That's a business model. So there's no value in them being unrealistic on their asking prices. Look, they tend, they tend to uh, – look, there's definitely the days of negotiation. Uh, that window is closed a lot compared to what it used to be. But they're also pricing them sharper off the bat. Mm. Like they're not, they're yeah. not advertising a car for £20,000 more than what they what the market is and then negotiating down 20000 They're probably putting it at market and you, or just slightly above market and you've only got a £2,000 window to negotiate on just so you feel like your tummy's been rubbed when you go in there, you know? Yeah, true. Mm. That's the impression I get anyway from that that happening and but the fact that yeah, it's not dealers that are the culprits of having like no dealer can afford to have a car on car sales or auto trader for 12 months can they that's yeah ba- that's bad business of <laughs> so. course, yeah. yeah exactly although i mean you could argue that if they had a bunch of these cars last year and they'd just put them in the back of their storage facility and took them out 12 months later they'd be quids in I'll, t- I'll tell you something interesting about that, my friend. There aren't many dealers that own their stock. They usually finance it. Oh, that's true, yes. Because oh, the God, yeah, because they think finance reason, them, yeah. For that finance, if they, if they finance it, the interest payments are full tax deduction. Oh, yes. Whereas if you use your own cash, you can't deduct your own cash from your tax. It's a, it's a complicated thing. <laughs> This old lark with the finance, the commercials, the whatevers. Just leave me with my cheapo nine eleven. Took it out. Took it out on Sunday, Saturday. Lovely drive. Was it a drive of leisure or a drive of destination? Uh, It was a drive of destination. Was it when was it? It was no. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was, but it was a. It was more of a, I was going for brunch. Ah, yes, okay. So 
I went with my little girl and I hadn't driven the car for about 10 days, as is always the case. But it fired up and it was a lovely drive. And the only thing that slightly soured it is obviously the 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 tire pressures are off. And you can tell straight away Doesn't as soon as you start it. moving. No, no, you could just tell when you as soon as you hit the road and you start going, because the roads are quite bumpy, right? We're in the middle of the village. And as soon as you hit those bumps, it's just all over the place. And once you hit a smooth road, it's kind of fine, but it's night and day. Once you get the temperatures, uh, the pressures right, it just feels different. It feels like you've changed the suspension or something. Did, did you so I need get to the pressures out. right? Or did you just drive it with flat tyres? Uh, I, I drove it with, they weren't flat, <laughs> but they weren't fully inflated. They were kind of, you know, in the middle. <laughs> so I drove it. It was only, but it wouldn't have been more than fifteen minute, twenty minute journey each way. So it would have been, you know, sure. probably like six miles each way, uh, cross country lanes. Cool. So it was a lovely drive, uh, um, and you know, it was it still touch wood sounds great. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look great at the moment, um, but it was uh, it was lovely, and I just want I just want to be able to do that a bit more. But recently, I've just been going to the tip a lot. Okay. It's just, yeah. Why? Are you, are you look? Are you looking for dreams out there? What, what are you doing out there? No, no, no. I've You're just dropping been, off uh, or picking I'm up. Still That's clear, <laughs> no, I'm still. I'm still trying to clear the garden. Uh, so I'm using the our our A3 for the purpose that it, we got it for, which was to be able to go to the tip. So I've been a few times over the weekend, and, and I'm clearing the space where I want to build a garage. Because I need that done. Oh, I saw that you posted quickly. the plans again the other day on Instagram. I saw. Yeah, because I've I, I come up with a different kind of. It's going on a bit of a segue, but it's a slightly different plan. Sure. So originally it was going to be there's going to ton of groundwork. So it was going to cost tens of thousands of pounds. That's before I think about the building. And then I thought, no, I just need the building up. So I know where it's going. Why don't I just get somebody to do me a concrete base and I'll just put the building on? Because instead of having a uh, a two-car or three-car with driveway coming up to the garage, I'll just keep the one with, and it means I can put my 912 in the garage, put the building up and use it fully as it's meant to be used and just get the driveway done later. I just need the building up. Um, so I'm, I'm now pursuing that. So I need somebody to come and give me a quote for putting that, you know, they call it hardcore, the, the base layer, the, um, the foundation, then sure. a mesh, then a poured concrete, yep. and then two sort of two brick high courses, uh, brickwork, and then the frame goes on top. So, so I just need something to do that. Of, which, so it would be a timber frame shed, will it? Timber frame, yeah. Yep. Okay. And they'll have uh, a little, little room above it, which won't be actually be uh, – like a living space, it's just going to be a storage space above it as well. Um, so at it's going to be quite a steep pitched roof. So I made the assumption to be some sort of mezzanine or room or something for storage up there for you to put yeah. even more shit in. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's just so I can redistribute the shit that's already around the sheds and in the house. Uh, so, so it's going to be a central shit point, I guess, storage point. Um, but the, the the way the garage is, so some of the photos that I've probably posted on Instagram, it's going to go alongside the neighbor's garage. Sure. So it's going to almost be in line. Do they know this yet? Um, but be 
Yes, they do, because we've gone through the council planning right. permission, all of that. So that's done. Um, so I just, I just want it done. It's just, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got any money, though. That's the problem. I, I will tell you this. I've, I also have a um, pitched roof in my garage, and I don't run, I didn't run trusses, so I've got the height if I want to put a lift in, right? But the mm. the mezzanine, I, I purposely didn't put stairs up there. I've got a pull-down ladder, like a attic-style ladder that you're physically oh. going to pull down so that only I control what goes up in the mezzanine, not everybody just dumps everything <laughs> in there. So if there's any advice I can offer you on that front, it is uh, you don't need your girls going up there, any of them, to uh, just dump what they think needs to be dumped up there because before you know it, it will be full. Yeah, that's the thing. This this is going to have... Yeah, it's going to have a staircase. Yeah, you're doomed. It's the um, And I see on the plan, it looked like there's a bit of a workshop space to the side of it as well. Uh, no, because it's a two and a half bay. So that's where you go through the... It's that's uh, it's walled off. Okay. So you open that, you go in, and that's where the staircase is. Got it. So you go... That's to go upstairs, but also it's storage for bikes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can put things there. Lovely. Um, and then the... So, so I, and you know, it's not the, the company that I'm going to use, um, or I would like to use. They're called Fox Framing, and what they do is it's obviously all machine cut. Yep. So you tell them I want this. You, it's a, it's, it's a configurator on their website. So you yeah. say, yeah, this is what I want, and they chop it off on the machine, send it to you, and it's, you know, they're not doing the roof tiles, they're not doing the doors. But for, I think you pay five grand, they come and put it up in mm -hmm. a day or two days. Um, and then you just get a tile, a roof tiler to do the, the roof. You get somebody to do the doors. But if I could just get to a point where the building is up, the frame is up, then I'd feel more comfortable about it's there and it's just almost, it's it's on its way to being built. What will it be clad in, Ashman? Uh, it's, I think it's called large, so it's, it's wood, it's, um, weathered wood, but it. it'll okay. be black. I want it done in black and then it'll have clay roof tiles to I'll match. Make, I'll make this sound like complimentary existing building that you live in. Uh, the roof will, the roof will go, so it'll be like a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the roof will be matching the, the clay tiles on our roof because it's, it's a listed plot, as they say. Yep. So you have to apply to council and there's different departments you have to go to to get approval. Um, and we've tried to keep it so it doesn't look like an eyesore, even though the the garages of the neighbours around us are just normal red brick buildings sure. that yeah, yeah. they've put up. Uh, but their plots aren't listed. Yep, okay. I'm doing this on a podcast. I'm doing the inverted yeah, commas thing. But... Yeah, with your fingers, I know. That's okay. <laughs> hey, the... Oh, wait... I don't, I don't know if I told you, but we bought my wife a new car last week. No, you did not tell me that. Yeah, an Audi Q3. An SUV. Yeah, of course. An SUV. Sucker mum car. And it's not even... We replaced a... the existing one we had. We actually looked at sedans and hatches as a replacement, but for our lifestyle with going out to up north and stuff that we do four, five, six times a year... And the stuff we take with us, they just aren't physically large enough to. And then she doesn't like she doesn't want a bigger sedan. A sedan has a bigger footprint than the SUV that she had before, which is a Tiguan. So this is about the same size as a Tiguan. Yeah, it's probably the same mm -hmm. floor plan or something. Plus we tow as well, you know. So 
you know, the um, for the bike racks or trailers and stuff like that when we're doing work around the place. So anyway, that was what she wanted, so that's what we bought. The So did you get, uh, is it an RSQ3 or something? No, no, just bog stock. The, um, she's wanted pov pack. So... We didn't try to buy that, an SUV trying to be a sports car. We bought an SUV that is an SUV. Well, so so on that, on that, yes. hang on, what, what's her impression of it so far compared to the Tiguan? Or is it much of a muchness Chalk as far as she's concerned? Really? Yep. And I'll How so? 100% agree with her. You know, the smoother, quieter. Um, the tech has gone forward leaps and bounds and... Our Tiguan was fully loaded back in 2019, I think it was. 2018, 2019, the sort of timeline. So it, it was fully screened up, had all the driver's aids, had everything that, that Tiguan did, all leather, the whole thing. But the, um, yeah, the, the Q3 is a different stratosphere. The And the reality is there's not a lot of price difference anymore between the two cars. So is it brand new, the one you bought? No, we bought a used one. This is not 20, very old. Yeah, 21, I think it is, or a 22. One or the other. Okay, so, so maybe just over a year old. Yes. At the most. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I'm surprised. It's got Cause I thought 10,000 kilometres on it or something, so 6,000 miles, that type of number. Yeah, I'm not not so much on the brand new stuff, but I've always preferred VWs to Audis. Yeah, look, my wife loves Audis. Look up the her bag. That's what she likes. She's also got a TT. The um, oh, that's true. Yeah. So look, it's whatever, whatever floats a boat. The the only criticism I've got is she went black leather and not the beige leather, which I really like. But it's the blue jeans on beige leather that she doesn't. So. <laughs> which. Oh, I see. So I the, see. Yeah, for those yeah, you don't want that. Four days a year that you get to wear jeans. And the <laughs> back to that old discussion. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, uh... that is true. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> not go there. Let's not go there. But speaking of SUVs, yes. So this morning, I watched uh, a video, YouTube video by Chris Harris. Okay. On on his collecting cars, on, yeah. on one of his many, you know, entrepreneurial adventures. Sure. So he's on collecting cars, and it's his Mitsubishi, uh, not Mitsubishi. Land Cruiser? It's his Toyota Land Cruiser. Mm. Yeah, his Toyota Land Cruiser. 2000, uh, whatever, it's 15 years old. Yeah. And it's, they're yeah. massive tanks, they? are they? such shit. Yeah, so, but he's going on about how brilliant it is, and this, that, whatever. And, and you know, you guys have many of them Uh They were a, a big deal, but, you know, then when it's more of a like a civil uprising, civil war kind of car, you know. Oh, they're like like a two to highlight. I think they're the third highest selling car in Australia. Is that because it's indestructible and comfortable and big? Oh, you know what? Australia's had a long history of the brand, and Hilux is the biggest selling car in Australia. Yeah, because that's because you can have rocket launchers in the back of them. <laughs> I've seen it on, you know, when they showed like Syria and Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Yeah, but, and, but their marketing campaign for Hilux historically has been unbreakable. Right? Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, and then and then Jeremy Clarkson proved it, didn't he? 
I don't know. Can you do you see that thing that he did with the indestructible truck that no. they dropped a building on, and then it went out to sea, and then they brought it back, and it was all bent out of shape, and it still fired up. Must be, yeah, well, that's the Toyota. The um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So sorry, go on. So he's bought this. He's, he's got this Land Cruiser, this old flogged out Land Cruiser. Yeah. So is it? And, and and normally, you know, I, I put you know a decent amount of stock. I think he's a well respected. Uh, motoring journalist, very well respected yeah, motoring fair, journalist. Fair, fair um, yeah, and I, I love the, and he, and he, most of the time, or I used to think all the time, says it like it is, you know, with when he when he did the review on Top Gear of the Bentayga, and you know his statement of that these cars exist because there are enough people with no money, uh, with lots of money and no taste yep. in the world. Yep. He's bought the Japanese that, equivalent of Bentayga. Uh, not, not quite, because obviously he's bought it, but he bought it for a lot of money. He bought it for £25,000 or something like that. They're getting incredibly um, good resale Land cruisers do. But then, but then, but then, you know, when, because, because, you know, he was in my, Chris Harris was in my bad books anyway because of the Porsche thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where every, every other, hours, every right. other, influ- yeah, and every other influencer and journalist has defended him on it. I'm not sure I can. Yeah. I haven't heard um, I haven't heard defense of it. I've I've heard everything I've heard from other influencers or uh, journos is that's oh, Chris Harris. No one's surprised. Yeah, and then and then but they're also with and then also it's the fact that he's still raking the money in by selling his touring <laughs> on collecting cars for a lot more money than he paid for it. But then um and and I don't know. He said he doesn't really like SUVs, but then he loves driving this, you know, Land Cruiser around. And there was something that he said that I had to think, what did he just say that? So he used to have a G Wagon, right? Yeah. Okay. SUV, SUV. So he's always going on about, you know, I like hot hatches, I like this, I like that. And I just thought, I, I literally said out loud, what the fuck? He's got. He's got. Is he that a G wagon? Is he an English Kardashian? No, but the thing is, the thing is that that really that really blew. I, I should explain about my visit to London. But the thing that that kind of blew it up for me was when he said, "Oh, but I but I tow a a speedboat, and I I didn't like getting my G wagon dirty." <laughs> the thing that it's meant Classic. for. Yeah, yeah. So I went and bought. So I went and bought a fifteen-year-old, you know, Land Cruiser, and you're just like, "Oh, come on, you're losing all credibility now, dude." Not certainly with me. <laughs> so, a, so that was a G-banger a over here. There's a G-banger in my suburb here, right? A white one, white wheels, white leather, with the number plate Mercedes. <laughs> Is it? Are the Kardashians moving in? Uh, look, I don't know, but but on, on that SUV thing, you know. I would love a new shape Defender 90 V8 as my daily. I would have it at the drop of a hat. Yeah, but they are they are great, but it's it's sort of become and it's not that utilitarian thing anymore, is it? It's, no, it's, a, it's no, more it's, it's a it's a, it's a status symbol. Yes, but now that we're talking about those, <laughs> you set me off now. <laughs> have you seen the the Ineos Grenadier? Yes. It looks like it's something out of the Lego movie. But no, but it is. It's just a Defender, right? They've yeah. just taken the shape, 
mm-hmm. and they've kind of updated it, sort of. But well, well, they've they've updated. They're the trying stuff to make they're trying to BMW. make it reliable. Yes, and and drivable because mm. the Defender, even up to the last ones that they officially made and sold, which wasn't that long ago, um, like years. you couldn't go on the highway. Oh, no, yeah, so. five or six. Even if it like five, six, whatever. No, we, well, do, they hardly um, did highway speeds. Yeah, because they were they were loud, noisy, uncomfortable, and then to go to the new one, it's you think, well, what's Spaceship. the point of the discovery anyway? Yeah, exactly, because the discovery's kind of gone towards you know Range Rover almost, but not quite as luxurious, more of a pumped up evoke because sometimes you can't tell the difference if you see them. If you glance at them, um, I don't. But think, hey, on that, I it, don't think there's a place for the discovery in the range anymore. I don't think there is. That's exactly it. Because I went to the dealership with my friend who was thinking of buying one. The um, disco or defender, and uh, the the new defender. He was yeah, yeah. thinking of buying one, and we went to see. We were there at the launch, so he got invited down. And he expressed an interest, and the sales guy came out, and he said to, I said to him. So what's the point of the discovery? Because this is now a comfortable car. You can use it as your everyday car, but it's more than capable as an off-roader as well. That was, you know, the the point of the discovery, wasn't it? It's your everyday comfortable car, but it's off-roader as well. Yep. Uh, whereas the Defender's the total out, all out mm-hmm. off-road thing. You know, forget all the other bells and whistles. But whereas this... Um, Ineos Grandia thing because uh, it's got a BMW engine in it so it's got you know the the gear shifter is is cl- you look at it and you go oh, that's out of a BMW <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it's very much it looks like it's been built in someone's backyard it does and it's probably how the Defender should have evolved over the years to the point when it got you know uh, discontinued it should have been at that point and all the stuff you know that you can attach to the sides and things like that. But then it's one of those. It's bec- it's it's a bit like the Range Rover thing. You, it, the Range Rover is a very capable off-road car, but nobody uses it for that. It's used for G-way. dropping your kids at school. Yeah. Whereas this thing, they've priced it to the point that you know your average farmer isn't going to go and buy it and use it on their land. What are they saying? Because it's like seventy-five. Yeah, seventy five thousand pounds or something like that, and then you go well, and you know it's great that they've made it. You can hose down the inside, this stuff, whatever. But you know, even even if you watch um, Jeremy Clarkson's uh, show on Prime, Amazon Prime, have you seen it? I uh, Clarkson's Farm. Yeah, I know, I know of it. I haven't seen um, it. It is very watchable. Um, but on that, when he's pootling about uh, in his village and in on the farm, he's driving around a fifteen-year-old or sixteen-year-old Range Rover, and and you know that's his everyday car because they're luxurious and they do the job. Uh, but you can't. I hose guess them you out. probably need a man. No, you can't. But you probably need someone a really reliable workshop because maybe fifteen years old is not too bad. But if you went. Then at 17 years old, they were they were quite unreliable, weren't they? Just to give you some reference points, you know that price of that Ineos? Yeah. That's that's about the money here in Australia of a Land Cruiser 300 series, his latest one. Oh, new. Yes. Hang on, I can't. So what's the price of uh, 
Defender. New one. I bet so. Mm. Okay. So that... They're in that $100,000 mark, Australian. Well, I guess that's a bit different. Oh, actually, that's not true. A defender, but if you actually get one, if you can get one, they're probably a bit dear, probably at 120. But it depends on spec. Like, defender spec has a massive difference on the, you know... If you, if oh, gotcha. Like, they can be... I think they list from $89,000 or something, right? But I don't know if you even get a steering wheel with that. So, <laughs> yeah, by the time you actually put the stuff on it that you'd expect on a car of that value, and when I'm I'm just talking real basics here. I'm talking adaptive cruise control. Uh, I'm talking a, a, a screen in the middle of your dash. I'm talking, you know, real fundamentals here. That, it's that, that You can't tow with that. There's no tow hitch on that spec car. You know, on a car of that caliber, oh, you'd, which you'd expect, right? So there's a lot of things you don't get, but until you get up into about $120,000, $130,000 Australian, like, you don't get LED headlights, for Christ's sake, for that money. Oh, wow. Now, but, the, but the thing is that... I've actually got the worst I've ever seen in their spec list of you know, what you get base versus what you'd actually need to feel okay about spending that much money on a motor car. That, to me, is, once again... They've priced it to the point that someone who needs its off-road capabilities isn't going to buy it. Well, They're going to go and buy a pretty Land Cruiser. They've got like off-road packs and you know packs that have a heap of stuff in them. But a lot of those packs are like seven thousand dollars Australian for. Um, yeah, but they, that's just stuff, isn't it? That's just suspension, you know, which you should get on a four-wheel drive like that. Well, exactly, because that's its primary function, isn't it? That's what you'd think it is. No, but so everything is just become accessory, so school. Yeah, yeah, but Sorry. exactly, everything's just an accessory now. So you know, if someone actually is running a farm or has some land or needs to go off road, they they just go and buy an old car that was made for it. And it'd isn't be, it's a very hard car to buy used a, def, a current model Defender, in my opinion, because of how fickle the spec is on how much it impacts the value of the car new. So if you're looking at used ones, very few people list every item that's spec with the car. So mm. anyway, um, oh, just a, something on a, on a different topic. The oh, Hang on, I just want to go back to the Audi Q3 for a sec. Dealing with the Audi Center? Oh, yeah. Disgrace. It was terrible. Really? We gave if there was if there was two Audi centers in Perth, which there isn't. There's a new one getting built at the moment, so there will be two shortly. I would have walked out. Ooh. It was hard work to buy an Audi. And get this! Wow, you just we crying cash. out. Not cash, cash, but you know we were just. Look, I said I rang him and said we're going to buy a Q3. We're going to go in there. You got about six of them at the moment on the floor. We're going to pay you and leave today. Can we do it? Yes. Good. Get down there. No. A week it took to deliver it. What? Oh, look, yeah, that one. Look, we want to do another. That's uh, not far away from needing its next service. So I want to book him a service. Then it's going to get pre-delivered. Then we want to get a detail, blah, 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 blah. I said, I rang in and said, you're going to have cars I can I can buy today. Oh, yeah, we'll take your money today. So that disappointed me, to say the least. Once we'd made the payment, 
Oh, they said, oh, you can't take the car anyway because the funds don't clear for two days. I said, it's an OSCO account. You've got an OSCO account. You get the funds immediately. Like, you literally get the funds yeah. immediately, right? I said, get, go get your finance person. Get them down here with their laptop. Let's see the funds go to the bank account. Oh, that's not our policy. <laughs> All these oh types of things. You just say, and then the um, salesman wouldn't return my wife's calls when, it, when she rang and left messages because she wanted to talk to me about this or that. Like it was missing the um, parcel shelf that covers the hatch, you know, the thing that goes up and down with the hatch. Oh, yeah. And I said to the guy, look, it's got to have that. It's got to have the hatch. Don't give us the car without the hatch. You've obviously, it's, someone's cleaned the car, taken it out, vacuumed it, not put it back in or done whatever they've done. Just make sure the hatch. You know. Yeah. Oh, they, they're normally about $700. So I don't care. I'm not, we're not buying it without one. So, mm. you know. Everything. It's not an optional extra. It just comes yeah, with the car. That's right. It's, everything was grief. Oh, that, that's disappointing, especially oh, in this it. day and age when they're trying to sell desperately. It's rubbish. Interesting thing, I want to talk about Porsche and selling. Let's talk about Porsche. Remember there you go. Uh, go on then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen about Taycan and how that's due for a facelift any minute now. Maybe even a new model, right? Car's about four or five years mm. old, right? They've got to do something because the uh, range on those cars is just unusable from the three people I know that I thought it was... They just, they don't, they just, they just don't use their cars. They're not usable, right? Is it, but is it one of those where, and I guess it's the same in the U.S., that range anxiety must be a real thing because, you know, it must be a serious thing in Australia and the US because there's such a distance between places. And, and, and we don't and, have the infrastructure, right? Because everyone yeah, exactly. charges a home here. Yeah. Like, of the three Taycan owners I know, one of them said he's never charged his car away from home because he can never find them. Oh, wow. Charges. Oh, wow. Hmm. The, and... It's a day and a half's driving max. Oh, wow. You know, so the whole thing, he said, it looks beautiful car to drive, lovely, blah, blah, blah. Great journalist car. You know, it does everything it's supposed to do. Mm. But the harsh reality is the real life, this real life range of that car is under 200 miles. Oh, that's poor. Anyway, so anyway, they've got to fix this car. And I thought... Why? Why are they doing this? Why are they pursuing this harder and faster and all that sort of thing? And some people say, oh, it's to get a broader market. It's, you know, to sell more cars. You're in the business of selling cars. That's what they do, as every manufacturer is. But I ask you this. If that's the case, and they've got the production problems that the company has, and they're not alone. Land Rover, who we are just talking about, are even worse. They just can't deliver the cars once the orders are placed. Yeah. Like if I want to buy a car today from Porsche, off configurator, go in there, configurator, give them money. It's not happening within a year. Oh yeah, because I looked on um, I, the, when I was trying to get find the price. Um, it, there's a big, big fat message saying there's a very long wait time. Yeah, and like, That's... but it, it was always it was always that before the pandemic as well. It was never three months away. 
So yeah, VW year. was three months. So a year, right? I just, I'm on to the next thing. Technology, What's model range, model uh, life cycles. It's they're too, they're happening faster and faster, and delivery times getting slower and slower. So if you go out and buy a, a new a new car a, today, it isn't very new when you get it. Hey, it's a really good point because um, if you were to order one now, if you mm. went and said, "I just want, I just want a poverty back career nine eleven. Yep, I'll order that. Boom, here's my money. Um, by the time you get hit, will the 992.2 be out? 100% will be. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's it, so you're going to end up with a hybrid car, possibly, that you didn't want or order. Yeah. And how, and what will happen when all of those orders, all of those people who have ordered and gone, I fancy a 911, ordered it. And while they're waiting for their car to be built, it's kind of mid-build or whatever it's happening with it, whatever whatever it is that takes so long. Because when you think, if it takes a year, how long does it actually take to build a car? Right, it's not taking a year. Days. Someone hasn't gone and picked It'd up a wheel days, and gone, I'll start now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all, you know, no, no one's gone. No, no, no old bloke you know, with a big tash has gone, I'll, I'll pick up a wheel and I'll get started now. <laughs> <laughs> the year. I'll have it done. I'm not doing anything in August. I'm going on holidays for, for the family. <laughs> exactly. So when when that happens and so many people order it and it gets closer or six months in and then they go, in two months we're launching the 992.2. They must. Are, there's got to be a percentage of people. Yeah, those percentage of those people are going to turn around and go, well, why, why am I going to pay brand new car money for an old model? Why am I doing that? Well, Ferrari are notorious for this as well, right? Because their production times are even worse. That's because they hand make everything to average quality. No, no, no. They, they actually, no, that's, they that's, actually, that's unfair. Sorry. They, produ- they do use robots to make things to average quality. <laughs> well, there must be. Because now, obviously, the build quality must be so much better than in the 80s and 70s or whatever when it, you know well, it was i mean no, the thing is when we because ferrari is a premium brand right so it's it's still you know if you sat in a 1983 away or whatever it's still an amazing thing to behold but if um see now i'm starting you've got me thinking about but if you sit in a 1970s or 80s british car you'd be like what the fuck is this it's <laughs> <laughs> so bad um, because I think I've said this before, where my dad used to buy British cars, and then in the eighties he went and bought a Japanese car, and he goes, "Why have I been driving those crap cars? I should have been driving Japanese cars. It's got air conditioning, it's got this, it's got that, and it and it works every morning. It works every morning. <laughs> doesn't even need a temperature gauge because think... it won't overheat. Exactly, it doesn't even need that. And when it gets too hot, I'll just turn the air conditioning on." Um, but with uh, but with the with the quality with, with the speed that they build them at, obviously Ferrari Ferrari have always been you know it takes a long time to get a Ferrari, but because um, I only know that from one person who's told me that, so I don't I don't know lots of people who have Ferraris, but with Porsches I think it, you're right that and and the models there's so many models now because you know they do the because before it was. There's, you know, some milestone models that come out, sure. the GT3, GC2, GT3 RS, all of those. And 
and then you know the G three G three touring. I just I just think they're two models, but the but you know they just take the spoiler off one. Um, but the but now it's just so many. There's anniversary editions. There's this. There's that. And and you just got. I can't. I can't keep track. And like you say, there's so many different models coming out. But it takes so long to deliver them. That's look, it's like that's what? you've talked about all the unique models. Just talk core range. Yeah, you've got Carrera, Carrera S. Sorry, C Carrera, Carrera S, or Carrera Two, Carrera Two S, Carrera Four, Carrera Four S, Cabriolet Carrera Two, Cabriolet Carrera Two S, Cabriolet Carrera Four, Cabriolet Carrera Four S. Now Targets. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? So, then turbos, then turbo S. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're up to like 16, 17, 18 cars off the bat before you even get, start getting into things like Dakars and sport classics. You no, know, and, and that's the thing. It's it's almost like they should just introduce them every other model or something weird like that because although the older Targas, so I saw... Uh, a 997 Targa the other day. Oh. Thought it looked quite elegant. You mean it, it looked all right. No, no. Um, it's the one that it's the one the slidey roof. Yeah, yeah, but they have a hatchback. The whole back window yeah, but still, up. but still, it does a whole window lift up. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, I, I, Google I it. took a photo of it. Let me have a look. It, it was parked photo, at the. Uh, literally a hatchback. 996, 997, Targas are a hatch, I'm telling you. I'll tell you what, Targas. No, oh. Can't be right. It's true. I can't be right. I'm gonna send I'm gonna send you this photo, but I'll I'll post it on Instagram for other people to look. Um what's your name? <laughs> oh. What about um, I, I just realized I've actually Sorry, go on. I was just going to mention Steve Bursey, who run the phone charger. I said he oh, was yeah. Aussie. He's was it? He's an American. Oh, do you know what? I knew that. Why didn't I just say that? I, I, I knew that he was, but you didn't say his name last time. Ah, you sure? What? I can't quite remember, but um, so you got to send it to the US. I've done so. Already gone. Like, I can't decide if I should. I can't see it. What is it? What's in it? If uh, if I should for the for the for the four listeners, I was just showing Mark a box with the Porsche logo on it. It is the uh, Porsche nine one eight Spider USB stick. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> So I don't know if I should be giving that you, away you because say, at the that, back. That, that's 918 Spider. Yeah, 918, sorry. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you I've, got a good, I've got a good official license item Porsche giveaway. What's that? What's that? Car deodorizer. Eclipse in the event. It's like a little 911 shape and it has this thing in the, that goes in the back of it that you buy from Porsche for different scents. Is it not uh, in the shape of a tree? No. <laughs> This one, it comes out like a, you know, like a James Bond pressing a button in his car. Yeah, I can see it. And the memory stick comes out the back. 
You love that, it's, don't it's you? It's like it's, it's the engine. Listen, don't give this away. It's worth way more to you. Well, no, the only the only thing is... Uh, it's because it's, it's Porsche and it's a novelty it's item and it's it's only got 32K on the memory stick. I think you'll find it's got a substantial 8 gig. 8 gig, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was a present, so I can't decide whether I should... Uh, Give it away or not. Okay, I will come up with something for the next uh, episode. Money now option, Porsche. Yes. You're, you're never responsible for paying for it or for its maintenance. What car is it in your life? Um, oh, that, that's really tough because if it is, it's one, right? It's yep, one. One only. One to rule them all. Yeah. Um, KN. Bog stock for you, I know. <laughs> no, 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 it'd be a mechanic. No, no, no. It would be... Um, any age, any series, anything. Just got to have that badge on the front. Okay, so it would have to be... Two-tone, 924. No! Oh, no! <laughs> no! Why not? That's it would car. be... I'm, I'm thinking... Oh, I want, I want, oh, I want to start a short wheelbase. I don't know why. I just want a short, short yeah, okay. wheelbase. What I love. Yeah, you want a car that's got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want uh, fuel injected very early. Nine eleven. So like two liter, two point four. Um, yeah, that'd be it. It'd be like late sixties. Uh, I'd want it to. I'd want it to have to have the hockey puck steering. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think they come in a couple of sizes. Because the one in my nine twelve is too big. Is it? So yeah, cause I can't, I'm not massively so, but I. It's awkward for me to get in and out because my leg catches on it. Um, What's your wheel itself? So diameter you're talking about? Yeah, the diameter. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's so, which is why people a lot of people go for the aftermarket one because it's especially people who are tall yeah but you need um, these things you need these if you're going to use that with those small oh that's true yeah yeah because yeah. there's no power steering assistance that that's is, why they've got that is true wheels as well it's quite light it's quite light it's because big the thing is i might you put a small my steering wheel in i have my mgb which you know obviously the engine sat over the stiff front wheels uh, so it's a bit heavier, but then again, that did also have a bus-like steering wheel. Yeah, this, this is what, this is how they. This was the version of early power steering and made the steering wheel bigger. That is, that is true. It'd be all right. That'd be all right. There's no engine at the front. It's like a steering wheel in an old car. I think they look correct. They do. They do look correct. It's uh, the only reason I would consider it is just getting in and out. But it's not enough of a inconvenience for me to change the steering wheel because I do like it as it is yeah, and if yeah. you if I just went for a smaller one like it is but then you're kind of it's going over the clocks when you're trying to look at that's small ones do that you know yeah. that yeah when I'm when I'm looking at that really accurate temperature gauge um just, <laughs> that, that it's just I'm just always surprised that it's moved even though I'm feeling the heat on the back of my head um so yeah that would be my that would be mine I, I probably want it in uh black really yeah black and i'd i'd want a set of 
steel wheels and a set of Fuchs with the right diameter to fill the arches. That's it. That's what I'm and it would because at first I was I was thinking you know, I'd want it to be slate grey. I'd want it to have a red interior. No, I'd want it to be black, black on black. What about you? Duty three RS. Nah, nah. Look, if I was tossing up between a Carrera Speedster, you know, original three five six Carrera Speedster. Oh wow! Yeah, right. cool. Or a GT one Strasser. Ooh, well, that's a bit. Oh, right, okay, because because the Speedster is quite quite raw. Because that original Speedster, it was a Speedster because it was stripped out. Yeah, right. And then and, and drop the lightweight. Yeah, it, like a GS GT pack, so it'd be um, yeah, have the comfort suspension and the big motor, big four cam motor in the back. Yep. In fact, I'll tell you no, which that. car I'd really like is I'd like the one that European collectibles had to take back from Jerry Seinfeld because they there was that big lawsuit over his car, if you recall, his career as Speedster. That green one. Is that, that the one that wasn't Irish and green original? Oh, they all. They, it was never clarified. Yeah, because I think it was hinted at. Because so, you know, sometimes they do, you see the ads and where they're listed for a lot of money, and they say something like "believed to be original paint" or "we believe it's original paint." That's not, that that means that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't even mean worth the letters yeah, that are typed out. I don't know enough detail of it, but I like the look of it. I like the color. You know. Anyway, that's a multi-million-dollar motor car. So it doesn't matter, though, does it? No, Money? No, no, that's right. But and it doesn't matter to me if it is original or not, because it's going to cost you half a million dollars for that motor anyway, whatever you put it in. Yeah. The yeah, absolutely. And the GD one Strasser, which I can't even think of the last time one changed hands, so I don't even know how much money that'd be for that someone would have to pay for to give me that car. I just love how big and Le Mans winning and all that sort of stuff it is, you know. Yeah, that because that's. That's more of a own it for owning it kind of thing, isn't it? Daily it, did you say? <laughs> that, that would that be, that would be something. That like would be a problem uh, on, on the old speed humps in the street. Yeah, go go, in, uh, go into the school. Yep. Pick up the kids. The men noisy kids. that thing is. Uh, oh, I know, I know. Well, I've... I've what would, when did I see it? I saw somebody, some video of somebody driving one. And it was just, they couldn't talk. Oh, you know, full race couldn't give car. you commentary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's also, it's very cramped, isn't it? It's really cramped inside, isn't it? Have you seen the size of me? I'm like the size of Tom Thumb. Do you think it's going to be a problem for me? Well, I wonder if, because we've both gone for old cars. Mm. I thought I'd gone old, you know, old, old, by being 9-11, late 60s. Yeah, yeah. But you've gone even further um i think i don't know how many sort of car porsche enthusiasts would go and buy a, a 992 because it's so big and it's not it's not as elegant as it was at the back you know like, like it's it's bum isn't 
you know, even when my wife sees the back of my 996, I wasn't about to say refer to my wife's bum, um, but she's, you know, she's looked, she's walked past the car and gone, it is a good looking car. Um, but it's, and you know, 997, you could say the same. Uh, 991, maybe you could say, but 992, there's just something slightly proportionally different, maybe with time. It'll grow on me and a lot of other people. I've got a note on this, an observation to discuss at some point, and I'll talk to you about now. The classic 911 silhouette, okay, when you look at it in profile, there's a gentle arc from the top of the windscreen to the bottom of the bumper, or to the top of the Mm. bumper, the rear bumper, okay? That silhouette has been maintained throughout the car's life in some form or another. I just think as the car as the cars are getting newer, the bumpers are getting higher. Um, you look at the yeah. height of your bumper, or if I look at it, look, it's even in the three five six that same arc, right? You can see my yep. bumper on my um, three five six. You smack your shin on it, yeah, as you would in your nine twelve, right? Yep, absolutely. Whereas you're going to hit your knee. On the bumper of your nine nine six, it's much higher. Yeah, getting close to my knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yep. look at the bumper of a nine nine one or a nine nine two, they're nearly waist height. Look how high the headlights are. I mean, the tail lights are compared to yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It's and then, and then obviously once you get into the bumper and then the diffuser, it gets really busy, doesn't it? It gets really it's. It's, you know, there's aerofoils, there's this, that, lumpy bits, sticky out bits. And it and it just, I don't know, I think it's just me. and It's a bumper. Maybe I I've not looked at it enough. crash safety. I'll bet you anything, that's what's dictated, the shape change of the 911. It's just, it's, and it's so big. It's so big. I, I need to drive one. I need to get get myself behind the wheel of one. A 992? And just see. Yeah. That's the world's biggest um, car. But I... But I don't know if I'd, I, I don't think, you know, if I was buying a, if I had all the money in the world and I was buying a Porsche, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a 992. It just wouldn't. So I, I just, how, because it's so big, you you know, the, the, the lightness, the, the agility, the, the feeling of lightness and agility, which is what the 911 was all about, you know, it's, it, how do you feel like in that car? And also it's, you know, it's made to be driven by anybody and everybody. So, you know, you, you don't need to be an enthusiast to get in that car and just start driving it. Even to, I don't know what I enjoy. I don't know. I'm I just, it's kind of, I'm confused. Do you think, it's almost like, do you think the reason we both went for older cars is because they're less obtainable? Whereas the reality is if you wanted a 992 and if you decided to make the compromise in your life, you could just go and buy one, right? I, it's not that no, easy to just go and so. buy a short wheelbase, black on black. You know, you'd have I think to, it it'd is. be hard work to go and find the right one and all that sort of thing, whereas a 992 would be much easier yeah, to buy. I could just go to Brian at Rent and say, make me one. Yeah, he'd build you one, but you know what? Three years' time. I reckon I'd do it in a year. Which would be quicker than Porsche making me one. <laughs> so, 
and then make it to my exact spec. Looking at his, hey, looking at his workshop, I don't think it's getting built in a year. There's a lot of cars in there. I reckon they'd be able to do it. I reckon they'd be able to do it. Oh, yeah, if you pay um, double and he drops everything. No, no, I don't know. I mean, he has got he has got a lot of stuff going on because he's doing the racing, he's doing all the restoration work, he's doing the work for uh, like a few influencers as well, doing their cars. Um, so there's tons of stuff going on there. But I reckon, I reckon you could get one in a year. Hell, or he'd find you one. He'd find you one. He must have tons of contacts. Do you reckon you made a TGE's paying full kick to get his car done? Uh, no, I do. of course not. You think he's paying full? I'm looking at Brian's shop. He doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to lift the profile of his business. He is backed up to the Billy Owen car projects, right? Yeah. He doesn't need. But at the same time, he doesn't need to take a hit financially to do that car. But also, Tom doesn't need to do that car. Oh, I think he does. It's 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 a lovely running car. He's had the engine rebuilt already. Yeah, but you know who you deal. It with. drives nice. The interior's done. So I don't know. I I I I think there'll be something in it for both of them. I re- I I that body will be an atrocity underneath that paint. Oh yeah, and that's why it's in. There. Yeah, I. I yeah, of course it is. There's, it's like it's like Brian said in that little video that they did it when he handed it over to him. I didn't see that. He, he's never. He's, he, well, it's just a short video where Brian's looking it over and going and and Tom saying to him, "It doesn't look too bad," and and Brian saying, "I've never stripped one down and gone, oh, it's not as bad as I thought." Ninety nine percent of the time, it's fuck me. What the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. And it's so it's. Uh, I reckon there's something in it for both of them. There, there must be. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what there is in it for um, Brian. He's getting paid to do that job, and for Tom, it's for creating content for his channel. Yeah, but there must be some new audience that Brian's garage is getting I, to because at the moment it's like very high end. It's a high end, you know, restoration business. Yeah, which is already known so, as doing what it does. There's like five places in the UK you can go to, and his is one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, true. So it's... I don't know. Whereas Tom does, he's, his content's so uh, focused at the other end of the spectrum for the last 12 months to two years that I think this is going to... He'd be using this to bring a new viewer to his channel. Yeah, he's he's um, he said that when someone I think Lee Lee Sibley interviewed him. Oh, did he? Uh, during lockdown. Yeah, there's a while ago, probably about eighteen months ago. Um, and I think he said that then that when um, he bought the nine twelve, he was shocked at the engagement. Um, and it's an audience that follows you on the journey. Mm-hmm. Whereas all the other stuff was, you know, I've bought a car or I've ordered a car, yeah, yeah. I'm specking it, I'm going to pick it up. Oh, it's broken. Oh, no, it's not broken. Oh, I've sold it. And then start the cycle again. And with the watches and, and, and you know, he's selling a lifestyle. Um, but with, it's a smaller audience 
for the 912, but I think he gets a much bigger engagement because people oh, are interested in what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from that point of view, it's a different, yeah, definitely a more grown-up audience, grown-up, maybe just older. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting what kind of audience that brings to Brian. Um, yeah, maybe I'll ask him when I see him. I had um, last... On Saturday morning, Saturday or Sunday morning, Saturday morning, had um, early morning coffee with a few of the Porsche nut cases here in Perth. At, we meet at 7am down in East Fremantle down here. And uh, before that, I got up early and went out for a drive in the hills for about 100 k's. So I yeah, left my place about five-ish type thing. It was Hot. stunning. In the in the GC four, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hardly saw a soul. You know, it was just roads were spot on. No one was out there yet. Sun was up enough so that it wasn't the wildlife had cleared. You know, it was just spot on. Oh, brilliant! I see. I I'm hoping to do some of that in the summer. Yeah, no, when um, yeah, because well, you know it's lighter. So five o'clock in the morning, quarter to five in the morning. And it's just, just, you know, just get up. Don't have breakfast. Just get up, throw some clothes on and get out. And then on the way back, stop for a coffee somewhere, maybe grab some breakfast and then just, just be out, be outside. Um, I'd love to do that in the 912. Uh, I'd love to do it in, in, in my 996 um, just to get, get it out because at the moment it's just when i went out yesterday in the 996 there's just small bursts where you can just put your foot down a little bit and enjoy it um because it's you know it's for the first time in ages it's you know it's serviced it's got all the tires done apart from the pressures which i need to sort out but it's got the brakes done it's you know the pulleys have just been done there's it's kind of running well um and everything's up to date. Because normally there's always, I've always got something out of date on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's like, it needs an oil change. It needs the tires doing it. It needs the brakes doing it. Then they're all the things that were spread out. So I'd get the tires done. Then the next thing's at the next service. Then the and next thing's at the next board, service. Yeah, it's all Whereas in now, the line, isn't it? Yeah, now it's all done. All together. Um, so it's, yeah. I, I, and I need to buy, I just need to buy some mats floor mats in uh, in the car because they, they're old and you know they're they're kind of they're velcroed down so there's the spinny thing into the carpet no they've got um the spinny thing that goes into the carpet and then there's a little velcro tab on the mat that velcros it in and it always moves and it goes up under the accelerator which is rubbish and it's also uh it's a bit threadbare the driver's side mat so i, I don't want a new set and I just went and ordered some off Amazon. Like, I had tons of reviews. They looked the right color. They already got them, you know, four days later. And I thought, great, I'll, that'll be fine. And then I thought, you know, our Audi, which has got like 183,000 miles on it, there's a little threadbare bit under the, and, and you would not, and anywhere on that car, be able to tell that it had that much mileage on it. Sure. But apart from this little heel mark mm-hmm. on the mat. So I ordered, new mats 
so two days later, the 996 ones arrive, and, and I'm looking at them, and they're gray. They're not black. So I think, oh. So I, um, I return them, and I look. I can't find black ones anymore, so I might have to just go straight to Porsche and say, just get me some. Uh, the Audi ones arrive three days later, and they're for a left-hand drive car. And you're there going, what, 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 why, are you, why in the UK would somebody be buying them for a bog standard Audi A3? And I, I return them to Amazon. They cost like 40 quid or something, 40 pounds, right? So I go to return them and they go, great, we've accepted that you want to return them. Here's your refund. Don't bother sending the mats back. Yeah. So now I'm stuck with left-hand drive mats for my right-hand drive car that I haven't paid for. They're free. But then now they're in my house because I feel awful about throwing them away. Who's going to want them in the UK? If there's any listeners out there from uh, Europe or the US who have an Audi A3, just reach out to Ajmal. He might, uh, if you pay for postage, he'll send them over to you. Yeah, if, you if you pay for postage, it's going to cost more than they probably cost. But um, they haven't if anybody wants anything, grey with black trim. Sorry? They haven't cost anything. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. So, of course, no, it's going to cost if, more to post. If someone's... Well, yeah, if someone says, oh, I'm in Germany and I want them, obviously, why would you in Germany? Because they're probably made there. Uh, let's say you're in France and you want them and it costs me 40 quid to send them. They could probably buy them for 30 quid over there. All I'm saying is if someone wants a, a set of left-hand drive A3 floor mats, yeah. what year? Car? Uh, they're for, I think, 2003 to 2012. They go in that model. 8P, I think, uh, uh, naming the series number of that A3, is it? So reach out of your uh, yeah. after set. The yeah. Do you know how I mentioned to you that I was going to do the valve clearances on my three five six? Oh yeah. Well, I know you had the, you had all the stuff off the car, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was ready to go. It's gone back on because I've actually finally got all the parts I needed to update the. Rocker assembly on the um, on the nine twelve heads that are on my car, the rocker changed, so it goes to full aluminium rocker assembly versus the original pressed steel one, which my car still has. So I've got all that, and it's going to the workshop today. I'm taking the three five six not long after we finish this this morning to uh, get that done. Oh, nice! And a few other odds and sods around the car. So that's got to get done. I'll, I'll get them to do the valve clearances as well at the same time. And the guy, the gentleman that well, rebuilt I'm, the motor, I'm, he's going to be doing it all. So, well, I'm my credit card's about to take a bashing because uh, I'm going to buy the distributor. Ah, yes. So Finally. it's been ordered in. It's in stock. So I'm I'm working from London again tomorrow. But the day after that, I'm driving over to pick it up, uh, and then. I need to. Uh, I want twelve months, eighteen months, and then you'll eventually get out to nine twelve again and get the steering fixed. And in two years, probably time, yeah, a distributor in there. And then you'll say, "Because I've got the distributor." Yeah, I've got the distributor. I've got the roof rack, which I can't remember where I put that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I need to fix the steering, and then it'll be sorted. No, mm. it'll be. I think come at end of March. End of March, I'll have. I'll fix the steering. I'll have it out. I'll be driving it. With the new distributor in it by then? 
Yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as it's out, I'll be bringing it home, putting the distributing straight away because I think that will transform how it drives. Okay, really so do. end of March is forty five days away. Six weeks. Forty six days away. Yep. Not a chance. What? It's it's next it's March, weather dependent, of possibly. Course. No, this, no, it's actually, going to be amazing. Here, I don't think your 912 is going to get driven till your garage is done. No. You heard it here first, listeners. Oh, oh. No, I need, I need that garage done. I need, it's, it's just a concrete base. Do you know what? Concrete shuttering. Concrete shuttering. It's what you talk about, Porges. <laughs> concrete shuttering is what I'm going to talk about. Concrete shuttering is where you build a barrier where you pour concrete into yeah. the shape. We call that formwork so, here in Australia. Yeah, same kind of thing. So, yeah, so formwork, probably called that in the US as well. Um, and I need to create that. Obviously, I need to go down, dig down 12 inches. So four wow. inches. Yeah, four inch, the hardcore, the base of rubble that I've got to lay down then 8 inches of concrete with a wire mesh in it for strength Rio, yeah. Uh, and then I've got to build a little bit of a little bit of a brick wall to spec and then just get somebody out to put the building the building up. Could I make a suggestion because you're at this point and you can still do this what get an OnlyFans page? Put a drain in the floor of your garage Yes, so that I've had that discussion with I was talking to my wife about this just yesterday. And put a soak put well in there or drainage. something. You don't have to go to the mains or anything like that. Just put yeah. a soak well in under it. Yep. So there was that. The, there was going to be uh, drainage leading up to the up to the front, drainage inside, and also I want to leave somewhere for wiring because eventually, who knows might have an electric car there so i'd need some cabling to go there but you're gonna have that anyway because you're gonna have power to the garage aren't you um not immediately i won't that that comes later how are you gonna open and because close the, the door when the, be, uh because the structure is being put up by one company then someone else is going to come and do the uh wiring someone else is going to come and do there's going to have to be some kind of plumbing up there as well for um a water supply I'd, so I'd, I need I'd to be, create. I'd be running. So I'd be running seriously. If you're going to go to the trouble of digging this hole, I'll be digging a trench, a couple of trenches, so that you get your conduit and everything from, or even get a big hundred mil pipe or something from your house over to there that goes across your driveway, or whatever, so that they can run it all through. I'm not. I'm not doing it from the house just yet because I don't know which part of the house is going to come from. Ah. Uh, because there's a whole load of stuff going on at the house, but. You're absolutely right. There's going to be some conduit, something coming out of the the concrete base that I'll just be able to hook up to when I come from the house. Uh, so it means that I've kind of sort of future proofing it for that. How's the um, irony but it's, here of you, of me having a garage in my house? It's actually under the roof of my house. So when I get out of my car, I'm not going to go out into the weather to get into my house. And where I live versus where you live, and you're not, you are going to have to go out into the weather. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I have to walk across the garden. So now, even now, when I park, are you going to put a walkway or something there so you don't get you know pissed on or anything like that? No, no, no! Come on, walkway. 
but yeah, it's it's you get drenched walking across the garden, and in the winter it's it's always dark, so I've got garden sun. lights. Well, no, I've got garden lights, but I have to go onto my um, phone app to turn them on because they're <laughs> smart lights. Or no, not not phone app. I can tell my uh, Apple Watch to turn them on. Oh, perfect. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I just go turn the garden lights on, and they come on. Classic. When it feels like working, it's so temperamental. Um, so. Uh, you know, and I'll have to get a security camera and stuff like that because of where it is. Um, so there's yeah. this, I just need that frame up though. It's the frame needs to go oh, up. And you're so far away. You are 10 years away from this garage being serviceable. And it does, it really does feel like it. It it really does feel like it. You straight I need to just do get that. Get a contractor and do it. You have it up by now. If you, you've spoken about this long, I've got any money. I've got any money. It you know what? Even, I even. No, it doesn't. I know, but no, but it, 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 I can break it down. Kind of, if it's once the base is there, and I know that I can get that done, or do it myself. That's the most expensive. Then the rest well, kind of falls in place. The 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 base isn't the driveway is the most expensive, but just the base creating a rectangular concrete mm-hmm, base. Mm-hmm. You'd think someone's just going to come along, pour some stuff, crush it down. Put a mesh down. Mate, that'd, cost, that'd cost you 10 or 15 grand, yeah? Yeah, but that's 10, 10 to 15 grand. That's Australian dollars. See, over here, that's like, you know. 80 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let's call it. The, um, yes. It's enough garage talk. The Well, listeners, we were planning on having some guests today that have pulled the pin on us, but nonetheless, we'll hopefully have them back in the very near future. Ajmal, anything yep. you'd, more you'd like to add for today? Um, I'm, I'm going to, there's a classic event at the Porsche dealership at the weekend. Uh, uh, and I really want to go because I've been invited. But I'm going to have my four-year-old with me. <laughs> yeah, okay. So and they'll bring it she is, she, she has a, brings a bundle load of chaos with her wherever we go. Yep. Uh, he says with pride. So yeah, that that yeah that that'll be interesting. So, uh, but I really want to go, so I'm going to check it out. Yes, yeah, it says he cool. says I can bring a guest, so my <laughs> guest is going to be my four year old. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Which would be awesome. So we'll, we'll look what forward about you? to hearing about it next episode. Have you got any big plans? Mm. Well, you have. You're taking the three five six. Yeah, that's uh, going to the shop today, and I'm going to the track on Saturday in the GT4. I'll give you yeah, an update yeah, on that, hear about that next episode. We want to hear about how your lap times are improving. Oh, you'd hope so. Actually, okay. the interesting thing to know would be what your peak best lap times have been and how close you are to it when you first go out on the track after the next time you go out. Would you have to refine? Because obviously the track conditions change. I, I, think, I, think it takes me, I think it peak. takes me about 10 laps. To get to close to your best time yep. that you've got from the previous one. Yep. So from 10 laps on, you're improving from your previous time. Oh, or I'm there and about, you know, I'm plus or minus a couple of seconds. I struggle to string, yeah. I struggle, I struggle to string multiple laps together within a second. All right, okay. I guess that's the... Yet. Yeah, because that's... One of the things that who was it? Is it Monty Zemolo who was in charge of Ferrari in the 
early no mid noughties yeah late noughties um and when Fernando Alonso was driving for Ferrari and they asked him you know tell us about Fernando Alonso as a driver and he went oh yeah he's one of the most talented drivers he brings such passion and you know he rings the neck of the car and they and they went and what about Michael Schumacher and they went he gives you 70 qualifying laps every time yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's it's like in the car, boom to the maximum the car can do, yeah, and that's it. Seventy laps, that's what he gives you. <laughs> you just think the guy was like a machine, I guess. Yeah, 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 I think so. Anyway, good one. Thanks for your time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Catch up next time. Catch you on the next one. Thank you.